If you want to take a risk, get a good job, work your job, put your money in your 401k that you can't access. That's, that's risky. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. Now for part two of the worst real estate investing advice ever. You know, let's, let's say I'm going to expand and get multiple properties. It's probably a bad idea to have put in uh, an offer on multiple properties at the same time. Because like, what if I get them, then I, I'll be overwhelmed and, and then I'll fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a true fear, man. I, I was doing this, Matt, this is... Uh, I was actually doing this back in my heyday of flipping properties. And there was times where I would be putting like 20 offers in and maybe more at a time. I remember going to an auction, Matt, and I was bidding like crazy on these properties. I wasn't getting anything. And then all of a sudden, like, I think everybody else had bought their limit <laughs> and I was the only one bidding. And I got 10 properties at that auction. And I didn't know how I was going to close those properties, all 10 of them. I could close a few of them, but I had figured it out. And I had, but I had built the reputation already in the market. So I had people that trusted me and I was able to raise the money for them. I was able to get the loans for them and I was able to get those deals done. So I think it really depends if you are bidding on a bunch of properties and you get multiple and you've got no freaking way to get them done. I think that's sloppy. I don't, I don't like that idea. Um, I think you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself, your reputation. I just don't like, it. but if you know, you can get it done or you at least have the, you know, you're going to start with that confidence of I'm, I can get it done. Then I think, yeah, that's, a, that's okay. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. i building, bidding on multiple properties, not being able to get them across the finish line. I don't love that idea knowing that you're not going to be able to do it. So my uh, cousin's neighbor's college uh, roommate uh, bought an investment property a while back and uh, he had a really bad time and a uh, really bad experience and they lost a lot of money. So, you know, that could happen to me too. Yeah, it could certainly. Um, so are you going to let fear hold you back or are you going to grab fear and shove it to the side and, and push on knowing that you educated yourself knowing that you, um, you know, are, are buying with the correct fundamentals, buying in a good area, all that kind of stuff, you know, it, and going to run it like a business. So that's up to you. You know, are you going to let fear hold you down? That's up to you. I mean, look, anything you do, somebody failed in, right? If, if you're a, um, if you're a janitor, somebody decided to become a janitor and didn't do well at it. Maybe got hurt on the job. Maybe they lost a finger. Are you going to be so fearful of becoming a janitor because you're going to lose a finger that you're not going to become a janitor? Are you going to be so fearful of, you know, of, of skydiving because somebody died? Are you going to be so fearful of flying on a plane because somebody died? Are you going to be so fearful of living in a condo because a condo in Miami collapsed? Right. Are you going to be so fearful of living in a house because a house caught on fire? So now you're going to live under a bridge? Well, but somebody froze to death under a bridge, right? 
that's up to you. So let's say I get the investment property, but I'm having trouble finding a tenant. Um, uh, maybe I should just lower my qualifications just to get somebody in. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. All right. Perfect. Sounds like a great idea. Let's lower your expectations. Let's get crappy tenants in there. Um, maybe you should lower your rent. Maybe you should raise your rent, quite frankly. Be very attuned to the market and what's going on in the market. I've actually raised my rent before and gotten tenants in. You know, we were we were charging, let's call it 800 bucks. And we went, man, we're just getting the wrong type of people that are applying for this property. This is not the tenant base. There's just nobody qualifies. We want a quality tenant that's going to qualify for this property. And we've taken and raised the rent towards the top of the market. And all of a sudden we're getting quality applications. We're getting a totally different tenant base. So sometimes you might need to raise the rents. You have to be in tune to the market and what's going on. Well, one thing I know for new investors is that you shouldn't house hack because I mean, you, you live with your tenants and that can be a headache. Yeah. I, I you know what? I never uh, did that, but um, you just got to set up the ground rules, expectations, understand what's going on, get the right, you know, do good background checks. Uh, certainly that can be an issue if you've got tenants and you're living there. Um, certainly that could create an issue, but I think if you set your expectations up, right, uh, run it like a business, run it professionally, don't get emotionally attached. Uh, you're probably going to do okay for the most of the most part. So. Well, if I'm going to invest in real estate, I should probably do everything myself, uh, you know, all the repairs and, and things like that, uh, just so I don't have to share any of the profits with anyone. Right. But then you'll make less profits because you'll be so busy doing all those things that you just can't get more properties. You can't continue to move on. And look, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be, you're going to be the guy that's talking about tenants, toilets, and trash. You're going to be the person that, you know, is giving yourself bad advice or giving other people bad advice because you're the one trying to do everything. And once you start letting go, you'll find you start actually making more money, not less money. Uh, things are way more efficient, not less efficient. So, you know, I get that mentality because that's who I kind of was at the beginning and still am to an extent. Uh, but you got to let go. And you have to realize that the more you let go, the more money you'll start to make. Well, if I do start to, you know, get partners or, you know, hire contractors or things like that, they're just going to take advantage of me. Yeah. People take advantage of people. You have to be okay understanding that. You have to be okay knowing that that's a possibility and then protecting yourself from it, right? getting to know the people first, really relying on the references and reputations and all that kind of stuff, not underpaying contractors just to get the cheapest contractor, but actually paying fair market to get a good contractor that has a great reputation that you know and can trust, right? Uh, partners, you know, making sure you have contracts with partners, so you've got everything legally set up the right way. Um, you know, really getting to know the partner, getting comfortable with the partners first, setting up real expectations and accountability with everybody. Those things are going to be key in trying to avoid some of that, those issues. 
but those issues can happen. And look, being in business is you're taking a risk. And if you can't handle that, then you should probably not be in business. Then you should probably work for somebody else. No, that's up to you. You know, I think you, like you and I are both local to Minnesota here, and I, I think you can't make money in real estate here anymore. So we should probably just invest somewhere else. Um, well, I think first and foremost, you need to be looking at your backyard and the opportunities that are available. Um, there is a case to go out of state and I'm certainly living proof of that. Um, but you have to look at what's going on in your own backyard and decide if it's right for you. We're looking for certain fundamentals. And if your backyard hits those fundamentals and job growth and population growth and opportunity and rent affordability, all that kind of stuff, uh, landlord um, laws that are fairly friendly or at least not anti-landlord, uh, um, then your backyard may be a great place to look in. I see people looking outside of their market and in markets that I'm just like, wow, these, this, this is like the best market to be in. You should, so don't just look outside of your market just for, just to look outside of your market. Um, make sure that you've tried really hard to make things work in your own market before you, before you decide to leave your market. It's just a lot easier to do business in your own market. I don't care how experienced you are. It's still more, it's just easier to do it business in your own market. Well, this guy I know in California said that, uh, you know, the way to invest in real estate is like, don't worry about cash flow because appreciation is really the only way that uh, you can make some serious money. Yeah. Yeah. Until, until your property doesn't appreciate until a market crashes, right. And until you can't make your payments because you got no cash flow and the economy dips. So that's that's true. Appreciation is the best way to make money in real estate. If everything goes swimmingly, if everything goes perfectly, but if things go wrong and you're upside down, look out. You're not going to make any money. You're going to lose it all. So having cash flow is that real safety net to making sure that appreciation is able to actually take hold and stick. Right. So. I, I love appreciation, but I think cash flow and appreciation go hand in hand. You have to have the cash flow to be able to maintain the business, to be able to pay the bills, to be able to make the repairs, to be able to, you know, run it as a business, but you also have to have appreciation in order to make the real money that you want to in real estate. That can be through forced appreciation and it can be through forced appreciation and a good market. Um, we're looking for both, right? We want a good solid market that's got good direction and we also want to force appreciation. I mean, Todd, you really shouldn't even become a landlord in the first place because all landlords are just bottom feeding landlords. <laughs> yes, touche. I mean, so true, right? <laughs> um, unfortunately, a few bad apples do, do uh, spoil the whole batch, right? Uh, people, there's, there's many people who believe that, that these landlords are bottom feeders, that they shouldn't be involved, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I work with a lot of, and have relationships with a lot of amazing landlords who are doing amazing things. And let's just take COVID, for example. 
through this whole COVID time period, life was tough on a lot of people. And most of those people were tenants, right? The types of jobs that got affected the most were by far a majority of them tenants in apartment buildings. And I don't know any landlord that didn't do really good things for their tenants. Now, I'm sure it happened, right? I'm, I, I'm sure there was landlords who were complete jerks to their residents, you know, and hard to deal with. And, and again, that's the bad apple that ruins the whole batch. That's, that's the one that the news comes and talks about and people are like, oh, these greedy landlords. But the landlords I'm talking to we wrote letters to our residents. We gave them notifications of exactly what type of help is out there for them. We gave them assistance ourselves. Uh, we were really forgiving on, you know, them being able to pay their rent late, them being able to um, have a discount on rent. Uh, we, for, for myself personally, on uh, our apartments, we gave 15% discount off rent if they paid the rent on time for the first month, which was April that COVID happened. The second month, we gave a 10% discount. That was May. If you paid your rent on time. Um, we also just did something small. This didn't cost us a lot of money, but toilet paper was at a premium. We were able to get bulk order of toilet paper and we hung it on every resident's door with a kind note to them. We also sent them, uh, with, I think it was with that note, we gave them all the resources they can go to find rent help, to find food, to find clothing. You know, so we're really trying to push our residents to go find the help that was out there. Um, just clear communication, consistent and clear communication to our residents, um, you know, trying to do things out of the ordinary to make sure we are making their lives as comfortable as possible through a difficult time. Um, and, and I know other landlords did way more than what I was able to do through that time as well. Um, and so, yes, there's some slummy landlords, but there are in my opinion, there's far and wide way more amazing landlords than there are bad ones. All right. Well, I mean, I've been giving you a lot of uh, real estate investing advice, but uh, I've got one more piece of advice for you. That's uh, don't do it. It's better to just get a job uh, that is stable so that you'll have reliable income and be safe, uh, which I mean, real estate is, is not uh, any of those things. Mm, mm. What happens when you get fired or laid off? What happens if a COVID happens and your job is no longer available? Then what are you going to do? Uh, Somebody always needs a place to live, Matt. And people always need real estate. So if you are owning real estate, and again, you're doing it the way we've talked about, the way I've talked about, you're going to have that income come in and you may love your job and that's fine. Keep your job. But if you can have enough cash flow in real estate 
to supplement your income if things do go awry. Man, how much peace of mind is that? Talk about not taking a risk. In my opinion, the riskiest thing you can do is to have a job and that's it. And not have real estate, not have other investments. That's the riskiest thing, in my opinion, you can do. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people are doing that. They're, they got their job. They're living paycheck to paycheck. They're spending every last dollar they have. And they're not setting themselves up for success. They're setting themselves up for failure. That's it. I know a lot of people that are making really good money, making three to $500,000 a year. And they're spending everything that they earn. They're living paycheck to paycheck. And they don't have any assets at all that are going to take care of them if they lose their job. So if you want to take a risk, get a good job, work your job, put your money in your 401k that you can't access. That's, that's risky. All right. Well, you've got me convinced. <laughs> so Matt, uh, you ask obviously a bunch of questions, random questions. Where do those questions come from? I did a little crowdsourcing with a bunch of other real estate investors to see what's the worst real estate investing advice they had ever received. And so I took the best of those uh, questions and asked away here. So, so those fun. are a ton of questions that people have been, if, if you're listening to this show and you had some questions, maybe we didn't cover, we'd love to hear from, from you and go, go onto our Facebook page and uh, type that in let, let us know what kind of question or what kind of um advice you were given when you started investing in real estate. So be, be fun to hear. Yeah. Well, cool, Matt, that was uh, that was fun. It's crazy how many different excuses there are out there. There's a ton more that we didn't even hit on. We just hit on a ton of excuses and they're in my opinion, all pretty easy to answer. Now I've been doing this for a while, so I've, I've, I've heard a lot of these and I've got the answers to them now. Um, and I don't have the fear uh, because I know it works, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people don't know it works because they haven't done it yet. And they've, they hear this from somebody else that's maybe done it. Oh, my uncle did it or I did it. And this is what happened. And you need to, you know, it's like, uh, what, what, wait a second. What's that? So don't always believe the advice you hear. And a lot of people are well-meaning, right? They do it because they love you. They do it because they care about you and they want to protect you, but they don't know what they don't know, right? They don't know that that's actually bad advice. They're just trying to protect you. They're just trying to do it because they, they care about you. So. I also think that, uh, you know, when people are giving you this uh, bad advice, they're not necessarily talking to you. I mean, they're, it's more like they're talking to themselves of yeah. explaining to themselves why they themselves can't do real estate or they would fail. Or They're justifying their own fears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, that was kind of fun. Let's, uh, let's check back in next week, Matt. All right. Sounds good. All right. You make every day Saturday. See ya. Thank you, too. You know, let's, let's say I'm going to expand and get multiple properties. It's probably a bad idea to put in uh, an offer on multiple properties at the same time. Because like, what if I get them, then I, I'll be overwhelmed and, and then I'll fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a true fear, man. I, I was doing this, Matt. This is, uh, I was actually doing this back in my heyday of flipping properties. And there was times where I would be putting like 20 offers in, 
and maybe more at a time. I remember going to an auction, Matt, and I was bidding like crazy on these properties. I wasn't getting anything. And then all of a sudden, like, I think everybody else had bought their limit. <laughs> and I was the only one bidding. And I got 10 properties at that auction. And I didn't know how I was going to close those properties, all 10 of them. I could close a few of them, but I had figured it out. And I had, But I had built the reputation already in the market. So I had people that trusted me. And I was able to raise the money for them. I was able to get the loans for them and I was able to get those deals done. So I think it really depends if you are bidding on a bunch of properties and you get multiple and you've got no freaking way to get them done. I think that's sloppy. I don't, I don't like that idea. Um, I think you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself, your reputation. I just don't like, it. but if you know, you can, get it done, or you at least have the, you know, you're going to start with that confidence of I'm, I can get it done. Then I think, yeah, that's, a, that's okay. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. i building bidding on multiple properties, not being able to get them across the finish line. I don't love that idea. Knowing that you're not going to be able to do it. So my uh, cousin's neighbor's college uh, roommate uh, bought an investment property a while back and uh, he had a really bad time and a uh, really bad experience and they lost a lot of money. So, you know, that could happen to me too. Yeah, it could certainly. Um, so are you going to let fear hold you back or are you going to grab fear and shove it to the side and, and push on knowing that you educated yourself, knowing that you, um, you know, are, are buying with the correct fundamentals, buying in a good area, all that kind of stuff, you know, it ain't going to run it like a business. So that's up to you. You know, are you going to let fear hold you down? That's up to you. I mean, look, anything you do, somebody failed in, right? If, if you're a, um, if you're a janitor, somebody decided to become a janitor and didn't do well at it. Maybe you got hurt on the job. Maybe they lost a finger. Are you going to be so fearful of becoming a janitor because you're going to lose a finger that you're not going to become a janitor? Are you going to be so fearful of, you know, of, of skydiving because somebody died? Are you going to be so fearful of flying on a plane because somebody died? Are you going to be so fearful of living in a condo because a condo in Miami collapsed, Right. Are you going to be so fearful of living in a house because a house caught on fire? So now you're going to live under a bridge? Well, but somebody froze to death under a bridge, right? That's up to you. So let's say I get the investment property, but I'm having trouble finding a tenant. Uh, maybe I should just lower my qualifications just to get somebody in. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. All right. Perfect. Sounds like a great idea. Let's lower your expectations. Let's get crappy tenants in there. Um, maybe you should lower your rent. Maybe you should raise your rent, quite frankly. Be very attuned to the market and what's going on in the market. I've actually raised my rent before and gotten tenants in. You know, we, were, we were charging, let's call it 800 bucks. And we went, man, we're just getting the wrong type of people that are applying for this property. This is not the tenant base. There's just nobody qualifies. We want a quality tenant that's going to qualify for this property. And we've taken and raised the rent towards the top of the market. And all of a sudden we're getting quality applications. We're getting a totally different tenant base. So sometimes you might need to raise the rents. You have to be in tune to the market and what's going on. 
Well, one thing I know for new investors is that you shouldn't house hack because I mean, you, you live with your tenants and that can be a headache. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I never uh, did that, but um, you just got to set up the ground rules, expectations, understand what's going on, get the right, you know, do good background checks. Uh, certainly that can be an issue if you've got tenants and you're living there. Um, certainly that could create an issue, but I think if you set your expectations up, right, uh, run it like a business, run it professionally, don't get emotionally attached. Uh, you're probably going to do okay for the most, of the, most part. So. Well, if I'm going to invest in real estate, I should probably do everything myself, uh, you know, all the repairs and, and things like that. Uh, just so I don't have to share any of the profits with anyone. Right. But then you'll make less profits because you'll be so busy doing all those things that you just can't get more properties. You can't continue to move on. And look, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be, you're going to be the guy that's talking about tenants, toilets, and trash. You're going to be the person that, you know, is giving yourself bad advice or giving other people bad advice because you're the one trying to do everything. And once you start letting go, you'll find you start actually making more money, not less money. Uh, things are way more efficient not less efficient. So, you know, I get that mentality because that's who I kind of was at the beginning and still am to an extent. Um, but you got to let go and you have to realize that the more you let go, the more money you'll start to make. Well, if I do start to, you know, get partners or, you know, hire contractors or things like that, they're just going to take advantage of me. Yeah. People... Take advantage of people. You have to be okay understanding that. You have to be okay knowing that that's a possibility and then protecting yourself from it, right? So getting to know the people first, really relying on the references and reputations and all that kind of stuff. Not underpaying contractors just to get the cheapest contractor, but actually paying fair market to get a good contractor that has a great reputation that you know and can trust, right? Uh, partners, you know, making sure you have contracts with partners so you've got everything legally set up the right way. Um, you know, really getting to know the partner, getting comfortable with the partners first, setting up real expectations and accountability with everybody. Those things are going to be key in trying to avoid some of that, those issues, but those issues can happen. And look, being in business is you're taking a risk. And if you can't handle that, then you should probably not be in business. Then you should probably work for somebody else. You know, that's up to you. You know, I think you, like you and I are both local to Minnesota here, and I, I think you can't make money in real estate here anymore. So we should probably just invest somewhere else. Um, well, I think first and foremost, you need to be looking at your backyard and the opportunities that are available. Um, there is a case to go out of state and I'm certainly living proof of that. Um, but you have to look at what's going on in your own backyard and decide if it's right for you. We're looking for certain fundamentals. And if your backyard hits those fundamentals you know, job growth and population growth and opportunity and rent affordability, all that kind of stuff. Uh, landlord uh, laws that are fairly friendly or at least not anti-landlord. Uh, 
um, then your backyard may be a great place to look in. I see people looking outside of their market in markets that I'm just like, wow, these, this, this is like the best market to be in. You should, so don't just look outside of your market just for, just to look outside of your market. Um, make sure that you've tried really hard to make things work in your own market before you, before you decide to leave your market. It's just a lot easier to do business in your own market. I don't care how experienced you are. It's still more, it's just easier to do business in your own market. Well, this guy I know in California said that, uh, you know, the way to invest in real estate is like, don't worry about cash flow because appreciation is really the only way that uh, you can make some serious money. Yeah. Yeah. Until, until your property doesn't appreciate until a market crashes, right. And until you can't make your payments because you got no cash flow and the economy dips. So that's, that's true. Appreciation is the best way to make money in real estate. If everything goes swimmingly, if everything goes perfectly, but if things go wrong and you're upside down, look out, you're not going to make any money. You're going to lose it all. So having cash flow is that real safety net to making sure that appreciation is able to actually take hold and stick, right? So I, I love appreciation, but I think cash flow and appreciation go hand in hand. You have to have the cash flow to be able to maintain the business, to be able to pay the bills, to be able to make the repairs, to be able to, you know, run it as a business but you also have to have appreciation in order to make the real money that you want to in real estate. That can be through forced appreciation and it can be through forced appreciation and a good market. Um, we're looking for both, right? We want a good solid market that's got good direction and we also want to force appreciation. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.